episode 100 of the Attractively Different podcast, and we are talking about faith. Faith is one of the most important things the believer needs to understand and implement in their life. Hang with me as we go on this journey about faith. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is episode 100 for the Attractively Different Podcast. So um, amazing that we've had 100 episodes, amazing just what God is doing, the way it has blessed and served his people, and I'm just excited. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of my journey and my assignment, the way that I'm actively pursuing what God has called me to do and helping me create the difference in the world that he has put on my heart to create. So thank you for being here, episode 100, and what better to talk about than faith? This has been a huge topic that has come up for me in my life recently, as I've really been exploring, what does it mean to be in faith? What is faith? Why is it so important? And if it is so important, how do we activate it? How do we, how do we walk in faith in such a way that brings kingdom, God's kingdom here on earth, right? Because if there were, if there's a time in Jesus' ministry where he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do, it was because people lacked faith. I mean, how many times did you hear him to say to the disciples, you have little faith. And yet when the miracles happened, when the, when the lady with the bleeding wound or what she was suffering from reached out and touched Jesus's garment, think about this. He wasn't actively ministering to her. He even said, who touched me? All he could feel was power went out from him. And when he looked at her, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. So faith, what is it? It's a big thing, right? It, it's basically the way that we can bring God's power into the earth realm for us to see the miracles and to move the way God wants to move. It requires us to have faith because we are co-laboring with God. Like he has given us promises that he will do for us. And the way that we access those promises is through faith. So let's talk about it. Let's define it. Let's let the Bible define it. Let's get into it because this is one of the most important things that as a believer in walking in your assignment, you need to know this. You need to understand this. You need to pursue it because faith, like I said, is where we bring God's power here into earth requires faith. So we're going to start with the definition. What is faith? And this is probably one of the most common things that you know about faith. If you have studied it all, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So think about the words that are used there. Sure of what we hope for. So hope, something that hasn't necessarily happened yet, and certain of what we do not see. So right there, faith. It's saying it's something that we can't see right now, and it is being certain of something to come. And that hope, that word is not a hope as in like, I wish this will happen. It's like an anticipation, knowing that something is coming, right? When 
when your family member is coming home to see you, right? Like there's this anticipation, there's this hope that's going to be fulfilled because you know that it's coming. So faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. One of my other, another definition that I like about faith comes in Romans 4. Um, if you look, read from verses um, chapter 18, or not after chapter 18, chapter 4, starting in verse 18, Paul is sharing in his letter about Abraham and how it says, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. And here's the thing. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. So going back to Hebrews 11:1, 1, right? Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. says through unbelief regarding, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. So God had promised him something. He didn't waver. He was certain. He was sure of what he hoped for. And he was strengthened in his faith, certain of what he did not see. Because what he saw that's just said in the verse before, his body was as good as dead. Sarah's womb was dead, right? That's what he could see. But he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. And here's the thing, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. So faith is being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promises. And the Bible says, the Bible has over tons of all these promises that God has given us. And they're all activated by faith. Now, I want to draw this particular delineation, I guess, so much in like the Christian circles, Christian cultures. I think people combine the idea of faith and salvation. And I think this is where people get really confused when it comes to growing in your faith, is they think that salvation and faith are the same thing. So, if it's like you, your faith is weak, they may question like, am I even saved, right? Because they think faith and salvation. Now, here's the thing. Salvation, believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that he is the one only way to heaven, that when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you will go to heaven, that you will be saved. That is a promise that God gave us, that we can be saved if we believe in faith. That Jesus was the only way, and this is the way it was done. That's a promise, right? And it gets activated. We get to receive that promise through faith. Faith is the ingredient. Faith is the way it gets activated because we're sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, right? We're fully persuaded that Jesus is the one and only way to salvation. So we're able to activate that promise through faith. Our faith is strong there yet there are other promises like in philippians 4 where jesus says i will provide for all of your needs according to my glory and riches yet we get caught up in this idea that we're going to be financially broke financial insecurity right we feel like we have to 
do everything. We have to provide. We have to do this. And so your faith can be strong when it comes to the promise of salvation. And yet when we're holding on to the promise that God will provide for all of your needs and you're full of anxiety, worry, doubt, overwhelm, you're not activating faith in that area. You're not fully persuaded that what God said he will do, you're not fully persuaded that he's going to do it, right? Like Abraham, he was fully persuaded that God had the power to bring life from a dead body in a dead womb, right? So we activate our faith. We have to know what faith is. And we see in God's word that those who are justified, says the just shall live by faith. Now that word justified is a legal term. So we have to understand what justified means. And so justified, looking at it from a legal perspective, it means a sufficient or acceptable excuse or explanation made in a court for the act of what would otherwise be unlawful. So think about this. There's an explanation on why we can go to heaven. And it's because Jesus lived a perfect life, was the perfect man. And through his blood, we become justified. Legally, we can enter into heaven. Like we're justified. What otherwise would be unlawful, would be unlawful for us to be in the kingdom because of our sin. But now there's a sufficient and acceptable explanation on why we can enter. We are justified through Christ. And Habakkuk 2.4 says, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 says, but no one is justified by the law, right? Because the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.36 and 38 say, For we have no need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming and will come will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in them. So those who are justified, those who receive the promise of salvation through Jesus Christ, will live by faith. And we know that we're justified. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11 says, but you were washed and sanctified. You were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So we know what faith is. Faith is being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he says he will do. The promises that he has given us, he has the power to deliver on those. For example, If Jeff Bezos gave you a million dollars, this guy's worth multi-billions with a B. If he gave you a million dollar check, are you actually holding money in your hand? No, you're not. You're holding a check, but you're excited. You're anticipating that million dollars because you know Jeff Bezos is good for it. Now, if my eight-year-old son writes you a check and says, this is worth a million dollars, are you going to be as excited? No, because you know that he's not good for it. So when Jeff Bezos hands you a check for a million dollars, you're fully persuaded. It takes faith, right? To take that check and go deposit it. It takes faith. There's hope being sure 
what you hope for and certain of what you do not see, you're certain that that money's going to hit your bank account when it clears because you know Jeff Bezos is good for it. Like that's faith, fully persuaded that he's good for it. And so when God gives us these promises that by his stripes, you are healed, right? He identifies his name as healer, that he is going to provide for all of our needs. Psalm 37 talks about, David says, I've been young and I've been old yet. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for food. Like these are promises that he's going to take care of us, that he's provider, that he's our shepherd, that he's guiding us, that he is good. And so when we're fully persuaded that those are true, we can walk by faith and we can activate those promises into our life. And so you might be saying, okay, I get it faith being fully persuaded we need to have faith well how do we how do we grow it right i'm i may be fully persuaded in my salvation that i'm saved but yes i want to i want to access these other promises that jesus came and died for me to have right i mean think about it second peter chapter 1 talks about this talks about his promises in verse 3 it says his divine power has given us Everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Everything. So everything you need has been given to you. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him. So we need to know him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Through these, he has given us his precious and magnificent promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. So these precious promises, these magnificent promises that God has given us, which salvation is one of those. Everything we need for life, life, like right now, life, life and godliness, right? This is Second Peter chapter one. Everything we need has been given to us, but it's activated by faith. The just shall live by faith. And one of the best places to go see how this has grown is Mark chapter four and the famous parable of the sower. There are multiple parables in chapter four, but Jesus says this in verse 13 about the parable of the sower. He says, if you don't understand this parable, then how will you understand any parables? So this is a key one to understand, right? We need to know this. And so I want to specifically zoom in on the parable of how the seed grows in verses 26 through 29, where it says, this is Mark chapter four, 26 through 29. It says, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed on the ground. So we know from the previous parables that the seed is the word of God. Like Jesus defined these terms for them. The disciples said, the seed is the word of God and the ground is our heart. It says night and day. He sleeps and wakes and the seed sprouts and grows, though he knows not how. Okay, so the word of God is going to grow in your heart when you don't know how. When you're, when you're sowing seed, sowing the word into your heart, it's going to grow and you don't know how. It says all by itself, it produces a crop. Now, now watch this. It produces a crop. First the stock, then the head, then the grain. And once the grain is ripe, they swing the sickle and the harvest has come. So there are stages to that, right? There are stages to coming into an agreement with what heaven says is truth. 
coming into agreement with these promises. And we know, and I've studied the mind, like thinking about the phases of learning, right? The first phase when you're presented with new information is immediately rejection. You reject it. Then you hear, you hear some more, then it's like, okay, this could be true, but it's probably not true for me. Right. Then you hear a little bit more like, like this, this may work, right? This third step, this, this may work for me, but I don't know, like, because some external source. And then the fourth step is you move into agreement, like, yes, this will work. I, I understand how to do this. And then the fifth step of learning is being able to actually apply it. And then the sixth step is mastery. So we see this happening here in Mark 24, first the stock, then the head, the grain, and then it's harvested when there's agreement, right? When we're learning anything new, we go through this process of faith. It's just agreeing with what heaven says. And so you may read in your Bible that God provides for all of your needs. And it's like, I don't know, right? That, that's going through this phase of learning. Like that could be true, but not for me. And then as you sow more seed in your heart, like, well, I could see that working for me, but it probably wouldn't because of this, right? And then as you keep sowing that, meditating on that word, speaking it, thinking about it, it's like, oh no, like I agree with that. That is how it works. And when we come into agreement with God's promises, that's where faith is. That's where you're fully persuaded, right? If I try to tell you, then on a beautiful, crisp, sunny summer day, no cloud in the sky, that the sky is purple or red. And that you were just taught wrong, that color is actually red. Like you wouldn't even really think about it. You wouldn't argue me because you're so fully persuaded that the sky is blue. Right. And so faith is agreeing with what heaven says. So our heart that receives the word comes into agreement. And once we agree, there's a confession because out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? We know we're in agreement when that is what's flowing from our heart. And if you look at the words that we're using, it'll indicate what you're agreeing with, what your heart is fully persuaded with. So when you sticking on the concept of money, because that's a big one for a lot of people. If you say that's too expensive, we can't afford that. You're fully persuaded that you can't afford it. The words that are coming out of your mouth are revealing what's in your heart. When you're saying, I could never succeed at that. You're fully persuaded that you can't succeed. And yet God is our victor. In, in God's word, we see that he says that everything we put our hand to will prosper. Like that's a promise that we have available to us. Yet when we're believing that everything I do is going to fail, like that's, that's what is our heart is agreeing on. Like we can't, we're going to miss, we're going to stay in this survivalist system, the survival mentality that Satan wants us to operate in. And we're going to miss the kingdom of God. And so you look at Romans 10, this is very much used in salvation perspective, which it's talking about, but this is faith, right? It says, verse nine, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made until salvation, unto salvation. So it's not just enough to believe it in your heart. There needs to be a confession. Something comes out of your mouth. And like I'm saying, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this is confirmed too in Luke chapter six. Just say no good tree bears bad, bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. Indeed, figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes from bramble. The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when your heart is growing the word, is growing that seed into agreement, it'll come out of your mouth. When you're fully persuaded, you'll believe it. And you get to activate and step into those promises that God has for you. And he says in his word that all his promises are yes and amen. So faith, learning how to operate in faith is being fully persuaded, being in agreement that God says what he means and means what he says. And then when he said he came to give you life into the full, that is here now, as well as eternal life. That he has created a way, he has brought the kingdom of God to you as an opportunity to supersede the survivalist system that we've grown up in, that the enemy wants you to stay stuck in. And when you can activate your faith, when you continue to meditate and speak the word. Remember, it's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. When you meditate on the word of God, think about it. Talk about it with people. Work it out. Your faith grows. Like it says in that parable, we don't know how. It grows until it's ready to be harvested. And that's when you're in full agreement with what God says is truth. Now, I want to say, if you struggle with faith, we know that transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. I want to encourage you, reach out to me. If you're in this place where you believe that you have more available to you, God's precious promises are available to you, and you don't know where to start. You don't know how to activate it. Let's have a conversation. Let's open the conversation and see if maybe coaching together might be a way for you to grow in your faith and step into that. Or maybe there are other solutions, but I just want to open the conversation because this is so important. This is so crucial for you to understand, for you to walk in your assignment, to walk in your purpose. Because if you miss this, we're going to be stuck trying to operate in a system that is about survival based on the curse when we can live above it, when we can live in a model that has superseded that because Jesus made a way through his death on the cross. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, and leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as help get more exposure to help more people. Remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. 
So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.